um, we do not talk about, we shy away from. I had a lot of shame about a lot of things that happened to me. Um, And this book was, for me, the releasing of that shame because God um, let me know, like, you can't serve his people and help his people and not be truthful. Um, And it doesn't mean that you're telling your business. Like, we, you know, people like to say, oh, I'm not going to tell my business. It wasn't that. It was about letting you know the bondage that I was in and the things that happened to me so that other women know, guess what? No matter what, you can be free. You can overcome it. There are practical steps and spiritual steps that you can take to heal. You don't have to hold on to it like a bag lady. Like, you can let it go. Um, Yeah, so that was, that, those are the topics that I covered. All right, so so you you touched on something that that I feel that that is several things that are relevant for today. But let's talk about the shame, and then let's get into touch on a little bit of the mental illness part. Um, okay. So what were some? You mentioned the shame, and so what did that? What was the shame associated with? Like why why were you? Why did you feel you were in that place? And what what were some of the details that you talked about as it relates to shame? Um, the shame of feeling like, why me? And I'm going to be honest and say, um, some people don't talk about this either. I was angry with God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real. You know, I'm a church girl. Mm-hmm. I grew up in church, father, pastor. So I'm a church girl. And I was angry because I felt like, seriously, God? Like, I know I haven't made all the right decisions. And you right. chose this for me. <laughs> You know, like, this is what you for me, but you're a loving God, so I felt a shame before God about what happened. Like, I messed up. Is this punishment? Um, and then I didn't want anyone to know, because as we know right now in today's society, a lot of times when people come out and they talk about that, it's always, well, where were you? What were you wearing? Who were you with? You know, all those questions come up and it makes you feel like oh my goodness I did something wrong so I had related to let me interject this relates to um you know the the sexual assault right in the middle here yes yes okay go ahead go ahead um so there was um a lot of shame also not wanting just my peers to know what happened to me I just didn't want anyone to know um and when I I did not report um you know, well, in the military, there's open reporting where you do an official report and they investigate and they mm-hmm. catch people and all that, and there's closed reporting. I did closed reporting, so I was able to get medical treatment. You know, I saw the therapist. So the only people that knew was a chaplain, his assistant, my doctor, and my psychiatrist. Those were the only people that knew, literally until I wrote my book. My family didn't wow. know. I had friends who... Nobody knew. I held on to that as long as I could, and literally that almost killed me, holding on to it all that time. Almost killed wow. me. Almost cost me my life. So you meant, okay, so let me interject real quickly, Erica. Welcome to everybody just joining in. And so we're dealing with uh, sexual assault. And this this is, again, very it's, – it's starting to really come to the fore with Vanessa Gillian and, and others. Mm. Um, things are being highlighted in the media. 
that violence against women does happen in the in the military. Come on, somebody. And so there's, you know, God is lifting up a standard against this demon um, this, yeah. that, that's, that's trying to destroy women. And so w- one thing you mentioned that I thought was amazing, you said time. So there was some time passed from the, from the time you reported it, right? Because it was private. Yeah. It was, it, it, you know, and up until the time you wrote the book, how many years was that? It was seventeen or eighteen years. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I think my when I read twenty eight. Yeah, so it was twenty eighteen. So it was eighteen years between it happening and me being open about what happened. Yeah. 18 years, 18 years of people not really understanding me, not understanding why I conducted myself in a certain way, um, because they just didn't know. And what I learned through that is I was sometimes holding people to a standard, but they didn't know. You know, like, because I kept it a secret, it, I was holding people to, I can't believe they would say that, or I can't believe, or why would they handle me this way, or why are they doing this? Yeah. And the truth was because they did not know. So they did not know how to handle me. They did not know how to interact with me because I kept that a secret. You know, I wore the mask mm-hmm. of um, everything is great. Everything is, is perfect. Mm. Um, but I was broken on the inside, you know, working in ministry, doing all this stuff, and nobody knew the wow. deepest parts of Lyrica. Wow. Um, and wow. so that was that was a very, um, you know, now hindsight being 2020, it's like, man, I wish I could have been um, open, but I wasn't. Truthfully, I was not ready. Um mm-hmm. To deal with it in that open forum like I am today you know like you know today is kind of like yeah let's talk about it I can tell you what, whatever you want to know I can tell you <laughs> um, but you know that was a process that I had to get through I had to deal um, and heal spiritually emotionally physically so um, you know 17 years is a long time but I'm thankful um, knowing Vanessa's story and other women that I know, um, in my book, I touch on and I say I was scared to tell anyone because I didn't want to be, and that, like I said, this was, what, 20, 20 years ago now, um, I did not want to be the next female body that they found because that's wow. what I felt. People where it happened were higher, a lot higher ranking than me. It was my first duty station. I was, a, you know, a young airman. Um, and I grew up in the military, let me say that. So I knew a lot of what was going on in the military by way of my father, um, with women. So I was instantly afraid. And my thought was, I do not want to be the next female that they find. And 20 years ago, they didn't handle sexual assault in the military the way that they handle it now. Right. You know, you'll be ostracized. Your career sometimes could be over, um, as a victim, and those were the things that I was afraid of in the physical, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's a question. That prompts this question. Like, for any woman or man, it doesn't matter what, um, 
if you had to to speak to, uh, you know, if you were in, like, we have this platform right now, what would you say to the women who has encountered something like that, whether it's in the military or outside the military? Like, what would be some words of encouragement? What would, what would you do to, to help them um, through their journey and to be transparent and to get healed and delivered? Um, I will first tell them, first and foremost, it is not your fault. It is never your fault. I don't care where you were, what you were wearing. Um, as we all know the phrase, you know, no means no. Um, so it is never, ever, ever your fault when it happens to you. Um, the second thing I would tell someone is to reach out to someone, someone that is trusted in Truth be told, what I've learned through certain things in life is sometimes the person to be trusted is going to be a stranger. It is going to be um, picking up the phone and dialing into a sexual assault hotline, you know. Um, it is going to be, um, you know, a counselor. A lot of times that is where your help is going to come from initially um, because they are unbiased. You know, they know nothing about you. They're there to listen and to help. So I would always say to reach out and don't deal with it on your own because it is a very isolating feeling, um, and the enemy will use that um, against you. So definitely to, like I said, not your fault, reach out and understand that you are not what happens to you. Um, you are so much bigger than that one situation. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, okay, yes, you are so much bigger than that situation. That situation happened, but it is not who you are. Um, you are beautiful. You um, mean something to God. And to understand it, develop an understanding, especially as believers sometimes, that there is God's perfect will and there is his permissive will. Um, so something, sometimes he allows things to happen. It's not because of his perfect will. You know, it's, it's permissive. He allows it to happen for a reason. And once we deal with on the emotional level, um, you have to dig deep and seek God and say, okay, God, this, this happened to me. What do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to learn from this? Sometimes that doesn't mean, as I've told people, that you've got to write a book. It doesn't mean that you have to get on a platform and speak about it, but it may mean that you recognize, you recognize some signs in another woman or you come across another woman and you can privately share with her, listen, sis, I've been there. You know, I, I know and I got through and this is how I do it. So taking the bad thing that happened and turning it around. Now, it's not something that happens overnight. Um, and we must also pra practice patience with ourselves. Understand it's okay That's to good. cry. It's okay to yell. It's okay to be angry. You know, all of those emotions that we feel, it is okay to feel those. God made us feeling, feeling creatures. So it is okay to feel those and to go through the process. You have to feel those feelings and go through it. So don't stop. You've got to push your way through the feelings and practice patience with yourself. I love that. I love that. 
And um, he, yeah, absolutely. I love what you said about emotions. Those are, you know, things that that's what God gave us um, mm-hmm. as, as human beings. And the only thing is we cannot allow ourselves to be governed. You know, we feel those yeah. things. We get angry. You know, we're upset. We're allowed to vocalize our, mm-hmm. how we feel and where we are with God being transparent. We talked about that. And mm-hmm. because God knows anyway, but that, yeah. you know, being transparent in his presence, right? That's a part of the healing and deliverance process. That's Absolutely. super important. Super important. Yeah. And so um, I thank God for you being able to release, you know, um, what you've encountered and your experience in that situation in your, in your writing, in your writing chamber is what I call it. That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. And it's also a deliverance tool, a rod of deliverance yeah. for any woman that has ever been through any other things that she's named at the onset of the call. And so segueing to the mental illness part, like tell us about like what is the number one thing that you're noticing um, that people are struggling with today, whether they're in the church, outside of the church, leadership. Um, it doesn't matter whatever capacity they find themselves like, what are you noticing like people are really battling with and then speak to that? Um, to put it really simple, I'm going to say people battle with calling a thing a thing. We want to wow. tiptoe around it, patty cake with it, but we don't want to call a thing a thing. Um, we forget that we are going to have our battles and our issues because we are flesh. Um, and I'm sure anyone who follows, um, any type of media have seen the various pastors that have committed suicide and, um, and everything. And people are like, oh my gosh, why? Like, why? Like if they trust in God, why? Why? And I would say very simply, it's because they won't call the thing a thing. Um, me, myself, Mm. I've dealt with depression. I've had a diagnosis of, um, bipolar disorder. Um, and, uh, that is another thing that I talk about a lot because I'm like, we have to remove, remove the veil of shame that surrounds that, um, because it is very real and we have to understand that yes, while we war in the spirit, there are some natural practical things that we must do when it comes to our mental health and taking care of ourselves. Come on, Jesus. So, um, (laughs) so many times, you know, (laughs) I've heard people say, oh, well, just pray. Or you can't really be saved if you have mental illness because we serve the Lord with our mind and, you know, different things. Um, and I always challenge those people because I'm like, that's not true because that's like saying that, you know, if I'm diagnosed with something else, um, I, I can't serve the Lord or it's not real or just pray about it. Um, and I think praying, people saying pray about it for many, many, many years, there are now some more um, pastors and spiritual leaders that come out and talk about it, but they have a very old mentality mindset when it comes to that. And I feel that that is killing people because if I am, I'm going to use me as, as an example, I have sat mm-hmm. in church, I have ministered mm-hmm. while fighting mental illness. And you want to pray for me and have no idea what's going on with me. Come on. No idea. You want, you know, people will pass judgment and different things. And there's such a shame and a stigma on it. How can I go to my spiritual leaders 
if they're are just going to tell me to pray about it. But little do you know, I've been fasting and praying for three months, and this thing is still on me. That Mm -hmm. lets me know that while there are spiritual aspects of it, there is also a natural aspect of it that must be treated. There's too many people. I think a lot of times what we see with different things going on in spiritual leaders, it leads back to not necessarily a mental illness, but something mental, whether it's, you know, uh, ask the bishop that can't be faithful, whether it's, um, you know, people that lie and are stealing people money. A lot of those things go back to um, things that they are dealing with, but they won't go and sit down and talk to somebody about it to get the natural side of the healing because there's a spiritual side and there is a natural side, and we must deal with the natural because, and move the shame because how can members, how can sisters and brothers come and really get healing when you're telling them, oh, just go pray about it. You don't need to take that medicine. Just pray about it. Like, you know, that 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 is not 100% the answer. It is more than just pray about it. We need to be able to tell people to get help, which also, let me say this, I've told people, um, I see nothing wrong with spiritual counseling. I think spiritual counseling is amazing, but your pastor is not always the person to go and talk that. to because he is not mm-hmm. trained and skilled in that area. It is out of his realm. So if, you know, there sometimes are leaders who are trying to guide you and they have no training for it. So, um, and I love my pastor because he, he is that man. He, he has a list of numbers of counselors to direct people to because that is not his forte. That is not what he does. Um, and I wish more pastors were that way, where they can send you to someone that they trust and they know are going to take care of you and you're in safe hands. Um, so we, we've got to deal with that natural aspect of mental illness, in our mental health, because, you know, there is a difference. Mental illness means you have a psychiatric diagnosis. Mental mm-hmm. health is simply us being down, having a little bout of depression, you know, the little things mm-hmm. that most people in their lifetime deal with. Absolutely. And so just let me interject real quick. Um, I also believe that this is the hour where God is raising up people, right, people with the counsel mm-hmm. of the Lord on their lips to, that will yeah be skilled like um who was it david had skillful artisans who would go in they knew that thing through and through people who may not necessarily have they may not be degreed down Mm -hmm. but i tell you what these people are skilled um and, and artisans in the spirit and they know how to go in and minister healing and deliverance to mm-hmm. these people and with words of knowledge words of wisdom god has given them insight um, mm-hmm. to identify some of these signs, things that they would normally be, uh, you know, um, wouldn't able to be able to discern had it not been, excuse me, been for God's spirit highlighting yeah. what's going on with this person. Or, and yeah. then God is even sending people with these issues to them, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're be- beginning to break those chains because we have to help people, give them counsel, right? And yeah. then if we, and if, and be honest, like, hey, that's outside of my realm, right? Yeah. And so realm of expertise. So let, let me recommend, like, I have a friend in Houston who, who is a legit uh, marriage and family 
um, counselor, therapist. So, hey, I'm going to send you over her way. Maybe yes. perhaps she can help because she's degree down. There may be some things, some, some questions that she can ask to really get in there. But um, recognizing when we are outside of our said, 